0: This
1: is The Shift Podcast.
0: Today on The Shift Daily Podcast, the world's most famous book collector joins The Shift and he now owns a book that belongs to Canada. Are you okay with that? Read Moon tells us about a staggering collection of incredible books, including Anne of Green Gables. Plus, being a bookworm is necessary for the all book edition of Game Showy Trivia. Who's going to win this week? It's Canada's favorite game show on the radio. It's all on The Shift Daily Podcast. I don't like reading. How's that? I'm going to say, as I declare here on, um, on the show, when I'm bringing on a book nerd that I don't like reading, but at the same time, I absolutely love reading. Now here's the reason why I don't like reading because reading makes me think, and I get so excited about what I start thinking about. So in fact, what I need to learn is the discipline of stopping. It's not reading. It's the stopping and being present is the exercise that comes with it. Now, some of you can take up a fiction book and be present to the storyline and sort of like an animated show, encapsulate yourself completely in, in what's going on. And for me, I'm just learning how to do that. And I'll admit that because I want everyone else who is not able to read books because they get distracted or they start thinking while they're reading and they miss things that you're not alone in that. And it's an exercise in presence. And I can tell you this, though. As soon as I realized this, it started to change my life because it became an exercise of presence around the people around me, the real-life things of going places, watching my kids, being with the dog. And when you learn how to be present, those stories inside the book start to change. And so that's where my exercise goes. And again, I say that out of not some ego or vanity of, how this is supposed to be a certain way. I just figure I'm not alone in people that start picking up a book and then just start thinking about other things while their eyes go down the page. So it is an exercise. It is a practice. There's a bookstore in Utah that Ryan found on TikTok. And it is a bookstore. Like it, it, like it's cool. It looks like an old school bookstore. It looks like where Harry Potter would go to get his wand sort of scenario. And this is where we're going now. Read Moon is here. Moon's Books, Rare Books and More um, from Provo, Utah. Is that Do I have that right, Reed? Yeah. Provo, Utah. That's right. Um, thanks for being here. Uh, you just love books. My story about focus, presence, and all of that, is that something you hear often or am I way out there? What are your thoughts on that?
2: No, but what what caught my attention is you mentioned Harry Potter's wand, we actually have one of his wands from Oh, no way. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, no, that's, I, that's I can cool. show you that. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So uh, I mean, yeah, I, um, it surprises people that we're in this small college town out in the West, about six hours north from Las Vegas. But we've become a kind of a bucket list bookstore. People see me on social media and they said, I never would have traveled to Utah. Now I have to. Yeah. We we just try to make books interesting and fun. And it's re- very rewarding. People comment, I've started reading for the first time since college, since watching some of your videos. You've got me excited about books. And so uh, that's just a bonus, I guess. That
0: Yeah. It,
2: Well, and young people, I look at my demographics and it's very heavily slanted, 18 to 34. Um, Of course, part of that is the medium, but they are just as excited no matter what the subject. Um, And books cover every imaginable subject on the face of the earth. So um, you never know where the videos are going to go.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's I, I want to. I have questions about that. Before we get to that, though, your beautiful state of Utah is uh, geographically quite nice too. For the sake of the spirit of promoting your state, um, just tell me how beautiful Utah is because it, it like it's quite stunning scenery wise.
2: Well, I'm about forty five minutes from Park City, where they had the Winter Olympics, and so we have beautiful snow mountains. And with the record snowfall this year, there's still snow visible on the tops of the mountains. We're about. I'm literally five minutes away from mountain fly fishing just yeah. up the canyon. Um, we're at the base of Mount Tipanoga 12,500 feet. Um, three miles south is Moab, the arches. Um, so and an hour and a half west of here are the Bonneville Salt Flats. So that kind of gives you geographically where I am. I'm in the mountains at a at just under 5,000
0: feet. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're high like we are. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: Um, um, So you know, and this winter, a lot of snow, but that has made a beautiful early summer with everything being green and mm -hmm. um, quite the variety topographically here in the state. That's
0: cool. I love it. Well, so the city of Calgary, where I am about 4000 feet, um, Vancouver is about five feet. <laughs> Toronto is about five feet. Like, uh, so just some context around how uh, high we are above sea level too. Okay, remote well, is I, here. Well,
2: I was just gonna say and just so you know, I've been I, I've had the opportunity to travel to Canada. So it's not oh, like this. So I mean, I've been to Vancouver many times Toronto, Montreal, Quebec, I haven't been to Calgary,
0: but well, you should come uh, to Calgary. It's you'll so, find it probably pretty similar. Yeah, Banff and everything. Yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, so your bookstore, you've been at this for a long time. And while I do want to hear the books, i one of the most fascinating things uh, for me, on your videos was your top five favorite books kind of going into the vault. So um, some of those things are simmering in, in my head at, at all this stuff. But you did talk about TikTok, so Let's start there. You've had the bookstore longer than TikTok has been around. What did the bookstore in your life look like before? you started sharing the stories on TikTok the way you do.
2: Well, it, it was a completely different world because when I went back to Dallas, Texas, where I grew up, my family had a small community bookstore, which was a service basically to the local community and it couldn't support itself. So it was part of the, part of the family insurance agency. And over in the corner, several set shelves of books. Well, I went back after college started dabbling got my insurance license but it didn't take me more than a few weeks to realize i'd rather talk to people about books than trying to sell insurance <laughs> and uh, my dad said you will never make a living selling books we've had this bookstore for 10 years it can't pay the bills but i started dabbling with it and for two years i did half bookstore half insurance and by the end i made the leap to bookstores to to the bookstore full-time and people would come in every day back in the mid to late eighties, asking for books that were out of print. How do you find a book pre-internet? Well, you have to go to a bookstore and look for it, or you go, I would go to the downtown Dallas Public Library and look in yellow pages, which my kids don't even know what those are. We look in the yellow pages under bookstores for other cities, find addresses, and then send off letters asking if they had particular books and if they would give me a price list. And the practice was they would not respond unless you sent them a self-addressed stamped envelope and so they didn't the have to pay wow and, yeah and so literally it, it could take weeks to find out the price of a book how much and that i found wasn't the most productive and so what i did is i focused on just going visiting whenever i traveled other towns just rummaging every imaginal bookstore with a list of 200 index cards of my request and a price range that they would pay. And that's, that's really how I started pre internet. Just well, and I was doing new books, too. But most of the interest was used books that people just had this thirst for knowledge. And it was in books, the Mm. the internet wasn't even on the horizon 1985 86
0: 87. That's so crazy. Um, Have you ever tried to read a book on a tablet? Um, I love the tangible feel of a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
2: speaking of tablet, when my wife started reading on a tablet, I knew that at a bookstore I was in trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. The wife of a bookstore owner is reading on a tablet. And 20 years ago, I could see with the Kindle, ebook, digital, Amazon, everything, that new books was going to be an uphill struggle. And so that's kind of when I made the branch out to used in rare books because especially more to the rare, because people don't have a comfort level to buy it now for a very expensive book. They need to see it, feel it, touch it. And I think bookstores weathered that storm uh, in especially during the worldwide meltdown 2008, 9, 10. Over half of all bookstores closed down permanently.
1: Yeah. They
2: just disappear and um people said well that's it for bookstores but they're making a comeback bookstores that i go to if they're run well are very vibrant on the local scene wherever i go people love to go to a bookstore and books are back
0: it's cool Uh, i love it it's great
2: and i look at it and you know we have all price points we don't want to leave people out so we have like the modern reproductions of classics so that people can pick feel like they can pick up something when they walk in. We don't try to have everything. We just try to have the most popular because we're limited in size.
0: How many books but, you guys have there? How many books? Um
2: well on display maybe four or five thousand. Now typical bookstores though, you know, you go to Bar's Noble, they'll have a hundred thousand but we don't try to have everything, but every book we have is pretty dang cool. I mean, you look it's going to be a first edition nineteen eighty four It's going to be wow, first edition Lord of the Rings and so we're part museum in that aspect. People just love to see what these books look like, and if you can't do the ten thousand dollars, you do the ten dollar um. But we get people excited, especially <laughs> young people excited about books.
0: This is great. I love all this. This is so fantastic. I mean, so there are those expensive books. There are those old books. Is there any book that you would never sell that's just, that's like Reed? though. this is Reed's book.
2: <laughs> well, uh, besides, I mean, there are the obvious ones that have been passed down in my family, many generations. I would never think of selling those. But I've had many books in my collection that I've resisted crazy money for just because, I can't get another one Uh, examples of those I have a Bible I'm gonna tell you first of all 1947 done not a big deal it's a book that would be worth $2 but the book has annotations in it it has writing well the person who owned that Bible was J R R Tolkien so it's the guy who it's his Bible while he's writing Lord of the Rings and That's amazing. was, you know, religious, and he wanted his book was good versus evil. It wasn't really religious, but it's good versus evil. And he's he makes annotations and notes in there. I've had that book for 10 years. And a lot of people have wanted that but it's like, No, I'm a collector, too. I like to hold on to books. But I also share the story. And yeah. finding that book was a total family affair. I mean, kids hopping in the car and taking off once I found out it was available, seven hours driving and, you know, just to be the first one there to get it.
0: Well, that must be hard though, because they, like they're, some of them are are like your children, like different version of your children. I mean, don't have to decide between real children and these ones, but really they're, you know, the metaphor is the same. They are, they are your children. And so it must be difficult or heart wrenching to pass it on. Or, or is it one of those things that you, you don't sell it, then maybe the right person walks in one day and you're like, yeah, you are the right person for this book. You you can uh, buy it.
2: Yeah, That plays into every book I get. Um, I've had a lot of people that could have purchased books, but for one reason, I just, felt it wasn't going to the right place. And so I was like, yeah, that book is not for sale um, because I don't want these books necessarily to be hidden because I show these books. And one reason, one way, I sh- and and I get it all the time. I have people tell me, oh, I have a very important book. And they say, you should give that to a museum. And it's like, okay, show me a museum that focuses on books anywhere in the world. There, You don't, you don't see it. Um, but we do. I tell people we're a bookstore disguised as a museum, and on my social media, I have a reach greater than any museum that I know of. Mm-hmm. Even museums, and and um, it's kind of a tricky thing. The uh, online formats, these social media sites, are an excellent way to expose books, and I have people often comment tell me where you're from. And over 100 different countries have responded to my videos. So it literally goes all over the world. um, Except for China.
0: Yeah, right. They don't, uh, they don't allow much. But you have 1.9 million followers. And and to your point about uh, both of those storylines, good versus evil, and then the museum part, is that I was perusing your your view count. And it is interesting that when you look at the faiths, And when you talk about faith books, like you're probably, if I was to guess, averaging 30,000 views per video, Um, and some are higher, some are way higher, and some are a little bit less than that. So that's just a guess, say 30,000 views a book, maybe it's 35,000. But when you do the Bible stories, when you do the Quran stories, when you do the faith stories, those numbers do skyrocket. It is quite impressive just to see people's appetite to learn about faith, but not only You do the story of the story. And in some cases, this is going to be word salad. You do the story of the story of the story about the story in your, in how you deliver this. So there is more to be found than just the book.
2: Yes. Uh, For example, on the Quran, I've done three videos that have 12 million views. Yeah. And uh, my largest, almost 18 million views is on the Bible. Well, it was on, my largest Bible down to my smallest Bible, which weighs as much as a feather, and it just—those
0: um, little ones are so cute, by the way.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, and the technology to be able to do the entire Bible by the end of the eighteen hundreds, one inch, you know, tall Bible is crazy. But yeah, those are the ones, and it's it's walking a fine line. But I've I think I've been able to walk that pretty well because. Even doing videos on religion, a majority of the videos or the comments, 90 plus percent are positive. Um, People like it, but I'm sharing a story. I'm not promoting anything. I'm saying this is what happened. Mm -hmm. This is the story. And uh, people definitely don't know where I'm going next because then I can do a book. I can talk about Malleus Malavicarum or Hammer of the Witches, The Witch Hunting Guide, and then,
0: um well, the witch thing was another was where I was I was thinking is that you actually go from, you know, traditional faiths, and then you do a book about witchcraft to the evidence to your point about you're not speaking or supporting this or that this is the, the documentation, the books, the stories behind the stories of the witchcraft or this book that you might have heard of. And I mean, that's where it becomes very evidence.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, And that's what I wanted to do. I'll I'll leave it up to people to make their own decision. But I want to give them actual facts, why a book came about why it was either banned or, or it disappeared. What was uh, just the effect books can have on history.
0: Yeah, I love it. The Houdini's handcuffs one was really good, too, by the way. The, um, the when you tell these stories and the stories behind the stories, this is the cool part about it for me is it's not only just books. I mean, you do have your top five favorites, which was, I found particularly neat. They're not necessarily traditional ones. Um, one is a script. Um, tell me about the script.
2: So I I acquired the original shooting script that was a gift from George Lucas to a friend of his. And this, the original title, The Adventures of Luke Starkiller, as taken from the Journal of the Wills printed 10 days before they stopped started shooting in Tunisia in 1976. And the script, a full half of it is different. The actors went off script, at least on every page you'll see differences. If you follow the script going through the movie and they made it a little more comic book versus it was a, it was a little more highbrow, the, the dialogue, but it went more comic book, by the time it was filmed um but there's fascinating insight that didn't make it like the history of the force background that you don't see um that transferred to the screen and also just what's coming from george lucas's mind um in that and so yeah that's a definite one of my treasures um and i mean i've turned down crazy numbers on that
0: I bet. Holy moly. Um, uh, this is fascinating. It's Moon's books. We will get more information of that, uh, for everybody at shiftheads.ca and link to all of these things, including the TikTok account. Um, now this is not Reed who's dancing, uh, like you would imagine a stereotype TikTok. He's telling the stories of the books, which is what uh, TikTok also is for those who don't use it. I recently went, it was about a year ago, Reed. I went to Dublin and in Dublin, there's the Writers College there, there's Trinity, um, and then there's also the tour of Dublin Castle, which is Bram Stoker and his office and his history as a tax collector and those things. I had no idea. What, what are some of the surprises as you've been able to dig into the stories of the stories here? Because that's, that to me was amazing when you realized where that author was in their life, what they were doing in order to create that story, and how they probably failed at it for a long time before they got into the good stuff.
2: Well, let's just stick with Bram Stoker. Um, In 1895, he is gifted a book called The Manx Man from an author named Hall That, But what most people don't realize, that is who he dedicated Dracula to two years later. But nobody knows that story because it was an inside joke. And if you go to any edition of Dracula, it says... To my dear friend Homi Beg, H O M M Y B E G. And people just read right over that and nobody's taking the time. Well, who is that? Well, first of all, it's not even English, it's Manx, which is a Gaelic tongue. And Hommy means Tommy and Beg means little. So it's dedicated to my dear friend Little Tommy, which was a nickname Hall Kane's grandmother, who lived on the Isle of Man, gave him. And he hated it. And Bram Stoker knew that. And it was so it was his inside joke. And Hall Kane was the most celebrated author of the day, the first like British author to sell a million copies of a book. And the irony is, everybody's forgotten about Hall Kane. Nobody knows who he is, but that's who uh, Bram Stoker dedicated Dracula to, and Alfred Hitchcock made his final silent movie out of that book by Hall Kane. But he disappeared from history over a century ago. But little tidbits like that, people just don't know. And these are books that they've had and never asked themselves the question, who did Bram Stoker dedicate Dracula to? Have
0: you ever had one come in that you thought was a piece of junk and then it wasn't that just delightfully surprised you?
2: Uh, Yes. Um, And it's typically been, well, I I had a Bible. And Bibles is the most printed book in the history of the world. Billions of copies have been printed, and so they don't have a lot of value. But people use them as a place to store items. And I tell the story in basically a video I just did three days ago or two days ago on a letter that was found in this Bible. Now, the letter was obviously worth a hundred times what the Bible was, but it was a letter written from the trenches World War I of the Christmas truce, firsthand account when um, when Britain is fighting Germany in the trenches in France, it tells the full story about stopping, shooting, singing carols, going out, exchanging cigarettes. It is a firsthand account that was found in a Bible.
1: This is the shift podcast. Are you, are you, are you okay? Okay. Okay. Are you okay with
0: ShiftEd's.ca has the phone number as well. One more time, 877-399-9898. And remember, if you make us a contact in your phone, that gets way easier, okay? So make sure you get in on that one and do all the things and send us your text messages and your thoughts, plus those books that you think that we should read. Ryan O'Donnell is in downtown Calgary, John O'Chung in downtown Vancouver. I'm Shane Hewitt. I am in the city of Airdrie on the north side of Calgary as well. And um, let's get started. Are you okay with... Reed Moon having an important Canadian book. Did you catch that in the interview earlier?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah.
0: our our guest is Reed Moon. He's in Utah and he collects books and he only gets valuable books. He said he bought the book from a guy in Calgary. It's Anne of Green Gables original copy and it's scribed inside. And it's like, I'm assuming very valuable. He doesn't buy the junky books as a collector's item. Now, he's an American, and he bought the book because he's a collector. Now, is that good or bad?
3: Mm. Uh, it's, uh, well, it's conflicting because Reed's platform is pretty cool. You know, he can teach and show people lots about Anne of Green Gables and the connection in Canada and make a TikTok video that will get millions of views on it. And he's a very reputable collector he has some unbelievable books from around the world that are in his shop uh, that uh, don't come from the US that he takes good care of and uh, you know keeps them all together at the same time though it feels like it's something that should have be here at least like if if he can have one there's got to be another version that we can have here in Canada uh, right like that would be my hope um, well it's free market
0: And I guess it's a compliment, right? Like that, uh, it's a compliment that he knows about Anna Green Gables and the importance of it. And he jumped on it and grabbed it to make sure that he, he had the book. So, I mean, I think all that stuff is okay. When I asked him about, you know, will you take care of the book? He's like, um, yeah, absolutely. Take care of the book. Right. So, um, so I guess it's okay. Like. I mean, he can do that. There's nothing that says he can't do that. I would I'd like to see the book stay in Canada for sure. But in the if you didn't hear the conversation you catch it on the podcast, he did say, you know, that is his bookstore is a museum disguised as a bookstore, right? And and so it's going to get exposed to a whole new audience because I think Canadians might take it for granted a little bit, right? So I think it's kind of cool, kind of weird, kind of cool mixed emotion. I think that's I think that's a safe way to, to look at that one for sure.
1: This is the Shift Podcast.
0: Reed Moon is our guest here on the Shift Moon's Books down in Utah. It's an amazing story. Coming up, he's going to talk about a Canadian artifact that he now has, by the way, that some Canadians might find to be not all right. The story that Reed was sharing, though, before the break was about a Bible, but it wasn't the Bible, it was what he found in the Bible that was most valuable. Reed, Tell us about that.
2: This letter of the Christmas Day truce, which a lot of people said, oh, that's a made up event. But the details where they stopped fighting, they started singing carols, they invited the Germans to play, you know, football, soccer uh, the next day, they shared their rations. But yeah, so, and, and there were just a variety of things that I found in these books. Uh, for example, I found a an old biography of Jesse James, American outlaw, uh, you know, train robber, bank robber. And the bookmark in that book was an invitation to a hanging in Tombstone, Arizona, 1905.
0: That's, that's a Uh, strange one to keep.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And I found a ticket to Woodstock in a book. So I, 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 there's a whole series I do just on things I find in books that people don't take it they don't go through these books, so yeah. But in the early days, I would buy collections, and there would always be a treasure. Now, I'm a, now there aren't as many surprises just because I go through things and I know what I'm getting, yeah. and I'm not buying much.
0: Yeah. But. So I, I imagine that this this world for you um, after all these years, you can sort of call things out. Your shop and the the, the, the picture tour of your shop is really cool. How you've been able to take. Um, You know, some older elements that look like the museum stuff, the traditional bookstore sort of cabinets, um, even that storefront glass windows that you've got in there. Like it really is a bit of an experience to go through the store. But here's what I imagine, Reed, when you walk into uh, someone else's bookstore. Okay, this is now this could be way wrong, but work with me. So I imagine so Reed's been doing this for decades, like, you know, books, millions of followers online that the only thing you truly need to do when you walk into a bookstore is inhale. And you can tell right there if it's legit or not by how it smells. Is that a fair ball? Because there is some magic to the a proper bookstore if, and the, the smell of it.
2: Well, yeah. So this, I'll walk into a bookstore now and yeah, within seconds I'm either staying or I'm going to look around And I after I leave a bookstore, I use the word plunder. Because if they had anything, that was a value, I'm leaving with it. And, but also, kind of the two edged sword with uh, becoming more popular on I've been to bookstores, and I brought up things and they, they told me, Oh, those aren't for sale. And I go, why? Well, because if you're buying them, we know we made a mistake. Oh, wow. Uh, You know,
0: that's fair. That's a compliment, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then I've been in little towns
2: and they go, Oh, Mr. Moon, you know, I follow you on TikTok. It's a pleasure to have you here. So there's no going incognito unless I shave, I guess. (laughs)
0: Uh, That's great. I mean, price of being famous, I suppose. So tell me, I'm going to ask this a personal question, of course, appropriate for you or not. Um, Let me know. But the um, your dad said you would never make it selling books. Um, was your dad able to see some of the success here? And, um, what did he say as you, as you took that leap from half insurance to all books?
2: Well, yes. In fact, um, my dad actually lives with me now. My parents moved in with me. My mother passed away a few months ago and it was kind of daunting taking, I knew that they would live with me until they died. And, uh, but they've lived full lives. Um, my dad is 88. He'll be 89 next month. But yes, and it still shocks him. He still doesn't believe that people will spend so much money on books. But he's he's very pleased. Um, and I've never rubbed it in his face, saying, "Hey, you never said," because he's not. He was never that kind of father. Um, he just was being. He just said, "Wow, you're you know you're newly married. You're just out of college." my experience 10 years running this bookstore, you cannot make a living. And, um, but he has actually supported me along the way and has actually been, uh, really my first investor. When I said, I would really like to buy some high end books. Banks aren't going to give you a penny in a loan. Right. Right. But, and so I, I just had some very trusting family members have loaned me funds over the years to make acquisitions and it's really been a family affair and and, um
0: did you get him to start reading what was that did you get your dad to start reading
2: oh oh he's i mean he he's i mean he has a phd in chemistry he's always read but uh, does he
0: read fun stuff uh, and then not spreadsheets uh, and studies that's the
2: thing (laughs) it's hard for him it's hard for him to read he's very disciplined it's got to be like non-fiction yeah. he, he liked non-fiction but yeah it's very hard for him to read let's say a novel
0: that must feel good for you to be able to see that that you're um I, it brings a phrase that I wrote in my writing is, um, you know, just because you don't get it doesn't mean I'm wrong. It's something that we need to understand for ourselves as we go through our life a little bit, that just because some other people don't understand why or how we're going to do something doesn't mean your idea is wrong. It just means that they don't get it. They don't see it the same way as you. That must feel pretty spectacular when you are able to look around and see, you know what, they didn't, they didn't see it. But what I really hear is that, they might not have been able to get or believe in the books, but they certainly did believe in read because they did support you through it all. And, and that Absolutely. family dynamic, that's magical, man.
2: Absolutely. It's
0: beautiful. Like that's the most touching thing to be honest, read. I mean, the books are amazing. The stories, are meaning your accomplishments are amazing. The videos are amazing, but my biggest takeaway well, okay. from this is exactly that family dynamic read that's touching.
2: Well, and it's it's been a family affair. I met my wife in a bookstore, and and I actually still have some younger kids, um, teenagers, and they go with me when we travel looking for books, and they have really got me to focus and maybe buy some books that I would have strayed away from, like Japanese manga Mm. and uh, some of the other areas, but I ventured out and those have proved to be very popular. And so I've done videos on those as well. And, um, I don't see any of my children necessarily taking over, but I do have a couple of apprentices that are following in my footsteps that will continue the work after I'm gone. And, um, so it's been very rewarding. And I like I mentioned earlier, I don't see the need to ever retire because I would continue doing what I'm doing if I did stop doing it. And so I just have the time of my life. Every day is an adventure. Um, I never know if I'm going to be in a different city the next day because if I get a lead, often I'm off. Yeah. And um, so, and it's the treasure hunt. People say, What are you looking for? The question is, What is still out there? The, um because if something is already known it's typically in a museum or it's in an institution the question is what do we is still out there that we don't know and those are the types of items that I try to find uh, and those a lot of times are books uh that belong to particular authors um letters that give insight into... I, I, that's what I love to find. something that is unknown. You're literally breaking ground. You find something that sheds new light on some event in history.
0: It's a fascinating look at all of it. I really get that. the my brain went to the barn finds for cars, um and then you said treasure hunt. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what this is is this is you're you're the you're you're not a pirate in that you're stealing it, but you're a pirate in the stereotype of on the hunt for the treasure.
2: Yeah, a few, well, about six years ago, my daughter signed me up for career day at school. Um, she was in sixth grade, and she said, Dad, I signed you up for career day at school, and I've also done a video on this. Uh, and I said, "Great, what would you tell the teacher I do, bookstore owner? And she goes, no, I told her you're a treasure hunter. And um, cool. I said, what did the teacher say? And she says, I don't think the teacher believed me. Uh, she asked if you did sunken treasure, and I said, no, he's like Nicolas Cage, a national treasure and, um, so I go to school and the teacher introduces me. This is Mr. Moon. His daughter, Emma is very proud of him. She calls him a treasure hunter, says he's like Nicholas Cage. And so I'm going to turn the time over to Mr. Moon. So what is the first thing I pull out and show them? I show them the treasure map from national treasure book. Of oh, Secret even better. The found to the <laughs> so good. I mean, I, I have it, you know, here in my back office, um, uh, you know. Um, oh, amazing! And so, all of a sudden, I have all of the kids' attention, the teacher's attention, and um, I—I pulled out about three things. The teacher leaves the room, goes and gets the principal. Principal comes up to me and whispers, "Mr. Moon, this is the best career day ever. You—you, you, the kids are so quiet and attentive. Can you stay and do it for every grade: first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth? Wow. And so, I stayed a full day just letting some young people know that they can grow up and be treasure hunters.
0: That's neat. I love it. It's fantastic. It's it's such a cool look. I invite everybody to check out your stuff. I feel like we could talk about this forever. I have a million questions still to ask some of them will be answered by TikTok and, and everything else that 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 comes with it. It's inspiring. You need to know that. And it is incredibly touching to think that you can discover so much more. The stories behind the stories. Are, are quite amazing. And the fact that you literally do have um, a museum there. I mean, that's, that's, that's really what it is. The magic to be found is, is incredible. I find everything to do with this. Um, just really cool. <laughs> it's neat.
2: Well, yeah. Um, should I tell you about one item I recently inquired that may make all of Canada mad at me?
0: Sure. Inquire. Tell me. What is it? Let's, Canadians are so always I, mad uh, at Americans, according to South Park. So.
2: so I just acquired a book, and it used to be in a museum, and it's the only known surviving copy of Anne of Green Gables wow. in the original dust jacket signed by Lucy Maud Montgomery.
0: Really? Look at that. There it is. Look at that. Hey,
2: that's a national treasure. Now I'm going to get some hate. People are going to say, return it to Canada, but I actually bought it from a gentleman in Calgary.
0: Oh, did you really? Oh, wow. Hey, I'm a capitalist, so I'm a fair market capitalist. So I say, you go, just make sure you take care of it. I I've had this interesting recent awareness as I've matured in my life. And, and I've tried to, remove this look in my life that I have things. And uh, the word guardian um, has really landed for me recently. And if we stop thinking that we have our own items, and that we're just the guardian of it for the time being, we start to really take care of our stuff differently. And so as a Canadian, I will say, do me a favor and uh, protect it. Well,
2: absolutely. Well, and I'll share the story. And um, that's what to a, to a new generation and to people who um, maybe might not know the story. But that's what I do. I, I, a guardian, a steward, that's what I consider myself, that for now I'm taking care of these items. But in the meantime, I want as many people in the world to learn their story. And so it's just turned out that TikTok has been a, 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 a very good method for doing that. Because it rewards content that is um, that people enjoy and is entertaining, and um, so I'll I'll keep doing it.
0: The last uh, the last word for Reed Moon. Um, what book are you reading right now?
2: I am actually. Well, I'm. It's right here next to me. I'm reading Dune the way it originally came out in analog magazine serialized three, two to three years before it was printed in 1965. So an early version of Dune That's is so what cool. I'm reading.
0: This is so cool. Like I I could not bet or guess any dollars that that was going to be the answer. This is what's been most amazing for me. Yeah. I love it. Um, thanks for being a real leader, Reed um, man to man, dad to dad, um, you know, uh, business person to business person. Um, you're doing good things, brother. I really appreciate you.
2: I appreciate the compliment, and it was uh, nice to get to know you.
1: This is the Shift Podcast. It's time
0: for Game Showy. It's a game show on the radio! I like big books, and I cannot lie. (laughs) You're bound to enjoy this episode of Game Showy Friends. We have booked this time, especially for all you nerds out there, when we had the novel idea of bringing your reading habits a game showing kelsey campbell joins us and here's your host ryan o'donnell oh
3: well thanks bob this is sure to be a real page turner eh? (laughs) 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 welcome to game showing friends it's uh it's trivia and as you can tell from the four million book funds the trivia is themed all around the wonderful world of books so here's how the game works if you're new or you need a little refresher on the rules. Our contestants will play today for bookmarks. Everybody need bookmarks. I always forget to use it, so I end up using a receipt or a piece of paper and I lose it. So today you're going to get a nice solid bookmark, so you'll never lose the spot when you're reading, which happens to me all the time. So one if you're they will pick a question and a difficulty of said question one bookmark is an easy one three is a difficult one now if you get the question right you'll hear this knowledge knowledge everybody needs knowledge all right knowledge if you get it wrong you'll hear this (laughs) i can't read I hope you can, read. I hope you can. Now, it's also worth noting that if you get it wrong, the opponent has five seconds to steal the answer. And that's not all, friends. We also have three categories of questions to choose from. Main characters, titles, and bestsellers. Again, main characters, titles, bestsellers. And we have a very special question that's just for you listeners, our Shift Heads. Get your phones ready. Because it's almost time for the text line special. So 877 399 9898. And this is a question for you, my friends. Okay. When we find it, it's going to sound like this
2: I
0: mean, if I read more books or tried to go on to college and different things like that, I'd be dead right now.
3: (laughs) You don't want to be (laughs) dead like Ricky from Trailer (laughs) Park Boys. What is that? (laughs) That's from Trailer Park Boys when he has a heart attack, and because he's dumb, he has less oxygen in his brain, so he survives the heart attack. Oh, boy. Iconic moment in Canadian television. Iconic, yeah. This is how this works. We're going to find this question completely randomly. And if you're right, my friends on the text line, they will win two bookmarks, the contestant that stumbles across it. So, here's your question. What is the title? of margaret atwood's book series looking at a dystopian america and now a very good tv show is it the americans the handmaid's tale westworld or euphoria again the title of margaret atwood's book series on dystopian america is it the americans handmaid's tale westworld or euphoria
0: You have to text in your answers because you the shift head can change the outcome 8773999898 to play along with Game Showy. A little bit of advice for you for this episode. Be true to yourself. shelf. Trust your doing decimal counting. Our circulation of questions is going to make this the best game showy of the week. It's the only game showy. I was gonna say
3: we only do one a week. <laughs> okay, all right. So last week on the shift, Kelsey Campbell broke the record for the biggest victory in uh, in game show history. And so, Kelsey, I'm sorry, we have to let Shane go first in the interest of a competition here because I'm not letting that happen again. Although it will be funny if Shane reverses it and has a big comeback here. So in who knows? It'll so go either way. We'll see who's been doing the studying, Shane. You're first. Where are we going?
0: Well, first, as we get started with Game Show, I'd like to say, uh, "Metaphors, be with me. Um, that uh, I got to get myself. May the force be with you? No? Metaphors? That's Yeah, anyway. but that's
3: not a book. That... this no, is it's a bit the a force. I... It's
0: the reading. It's the reading force. I... I'm ready to go.
3: Right? I feel like. Look, I'm You're a, a Star Wars nerd. It's I'm real. a sucker for his pun,
0: but I've got the, um, it might
3: have been a bit of a stretch.
0: <laughs> I've got the right stuff. Don't worry.
3: Okay. Okay. Um.
0: Okay. Here we go. I'm going to go with three bookmarks from the mm-hmm. ca- category of main characters. Please write it all.
3: Okay. Here we go. Which of the following characters appears in three of William Shakespeare's plays? Is it Robespierre, Caliban, Falstaff, or Antony?
1: Hmm. Steal. I would like to make a steal. I'd like to steal. Can I Uh, steal? You might
3: be able to if he gets it wrong. Um,
0: Well, I can tell you this, that after my experience of going to the schools of the theater before I got into radio, Shakespeare was something that we uh, to die is to be a counterfeit. Falstaff, Falstaff quotes um, is Falstaff because I had to do it in school.
3: And you just had to get it right, didn't you? That's correct. Yes. Knowledge. <laughs> Knowledge. Knowledge. Sir John Falstaff appears in three Shakespeare plays. Henry the IV, part one, part two. And he's also in The Merry Wives of Windsor, where he's a buffoonish suitor to two married women. Ah, yes. Three bookmarks for Shane. Kelsey's up. Kelsey, did you know it was Falstaff?
1: Were you ready there? Yeah. I did. I did a lot of Shakespeare A lot of acting uh, through middle school and high school. And I will say, Caliban is one of my favorite characters of all time. I was Miranda in The Tempest in grade nine, and it was a big deal. It was a very big big deal. deal. We did The Tempest again in high school. One of my best friends, she gets the role of Miranda. (gasps) No longer best friends. We've since since worked things out. You've passed it up,
0: have you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
3: We didn't need a little – we didn't need a Hamlet situation there, No.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, I'm gonna throw the throw the book at him. Oh boy. We'll we'll go titles for three bookmarks, please, Bob. More
3: three. Okay. Here we go. This is a tough one, but we'll see if you know it. What is the title of the first book Stephen King ever published? Now, it's not the first book he ever wrote, but it's the first one that was ever published. Is it Carrie? Pet Cemetery,
1: The Shining, or It? It's one of the most um, horrifying images that come to mind when I think about early memories of things I saw on my grandparents' TV. The scene of Carrie covered in blood yeah, Stephen King's Carrie, first ever published, horrifying movie. Should not watch it when you're like six years old. Not cool. Oh, definitely <laughs> oh, not. Oh,
3: my God, definitely, no. Definitely <laughs> not at six. But after 16, you're good to go. And that is correct. Yes, that was Knowledge. Uh, 1973. Knowledge. 1973. And uh, he wrote it on his wife's portable typewriter. And here we go. Started it all. So many more spooky books, thanks to that guy and his... Interesting mind, shame. Mm. Mm -hmm. We got a tie game, three bookmarks apiece. All right, categories, main
0: characters, titles, and bestsellers. um, Mm. In an effort to save some pride, and frankly, let's call it avoiding the shame of last week's performance, I'm going with bestsellers for three.
3: Bestsellers for
0: three. Kelsey is so proud right now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, she she really is. She really is.
3: (laughs) <laughs> Shane, so uh, first off, the, the the question is: What is the best-selling book of all time? Which is technically book. the Bible. The Bible. But we're not counting the Bible here. I'm talking novel, okay? <gasps> oh, I know. Oh no, Lightning I'm talking like sh- shall strike thee down. Yes, yeah, strike thee down. Oh, the Catholic guilt setting in. No, what's the best novel? Not a religious text. A novel. Is it Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows? The Hobbit, To Kill a Mockingbird, or, this is such a, stu- or, I think it's Donka, Donka Houty, Donka Howty, that's it. <laughs> no.
1: No. No? No. <laughs> no? no. Um, it's
3: Howty?
0: Don Quixote. Don Quixote.
1: Quixote? Don
3: Quixote.
0: Not Donkey. Don totally Quixote,
3: yeah. yeah. Not that guy.
0: Although did I ever tell you that when I went to work at a radio station or rock station in Calgary, I got my very first back in the day used to get like memos of, you know, you received a call from call back memos. Remember those little ones Mm -hmm. used to get from the receptionist? Yeah. And mine was, um, mine was a phone number and it's the the guy's name was, uh, Don Key. Uh, and it was the phone number for the zoo. (laughs)
3: <laughs> it's right what i got exactly.
0: and i phoned <laughs> i phoned administration at the calgary zoo and said yeah is donkey there please <laughs> and she laughed and she goes i think you've been pranked and i was like what are you talking about and she's like i got a message from a donkey no <laughs> think she goes think about it oh anyway um don quixote um okay well here's the thing i was gonna say best-selling novel of all time uh i was gonna say harry potter because mm-hmm. it's because it is Ryan O'Donnell, but because you couldn't say Don Quixote, I feel like it, it you might were be were trying to Quixote. butcher
1: it, Shane. Oh,
3: yeah, this, this is... you just Don made it Coyote, Don, Don, <laughs> Don, Don Quixote,
0: Don Quixote. <laughs> <Don> hey, <Key-ody>, eh? <laughs> I'm going with that one because, because of the fact that there's, yeah, I, I'm going with that one.
3: Okay. Uh, yes, that is correct. With a <laughs> no, staggering 500 million copies sold of that book, I have to be million. honest.
0: I was going to say Harry Potter until you couldn't pronounce it.
3: Uh, so, dang it! I shouldn't I knew I needed to add like another really old book on there? I should have put Moby Dick there. That would have been, uh, uh, been, been. good that would have been good.
1: Okay, be Richard. Uh,
3: Kelsey. It's a bit of a tighter
1: game now, but it, there's still room. There's still room to come back here. Down one but because because you guys were were talking about the novels or the the books that really stick with people and jump out. Mm-hmm. I would I would definitely say that To Kill a Mockingbird is one one of the top ten in my world. Like that is oh, just yeah. a h- heck of a book, and yeah. still to this day, I think it's one of the best sellers year after year um, mm-hmm. because it, it's still in m- most middle school or high school curriculums, Schools, yeah. which is pretty cool for it to transcend so many generations. Stand okay. the time. You have taken all of the three pointers. I'm going to go titles for two bookmarks, please, Bob. Titles for two.
3: Oh, well, look at you. I'm sorry, Kelsey. This one's not up to you. Another rhyme. It's up to the listeners. We found the text line special.
2: I mean, if I read more books or tried to go on to college and different things like that, I'd be dead right now.
3: Let's see if the shift heads have enough oxygen in the brain to answer this question. So the question is, what is the title of Canadian author Margaret Atwood's book series, looking at dystopian America? The options were the Americans, the handmaid's tale, Westworld and euphoria. And, uh, well done shift heads, because literally I'm looking at a lot of text messages right now and seriously every single one of them was for the same book including I see this one text from Alberta I haven't had much luck lately so here it goes and their answer is The Handmaid's Tale and that is the correct answer yes that is The Handmaid's Tale yes Knowledge. very well done that was uh, won the one by the way. Thanks, Grant. It won the Governor General's Award when it came out, and the TV show adaptation has won thirteen, uh, pr- won eight primetime Emmys and uh, has done very, very well. It's a, it's a show that's on my list, and I've uh, been meaning to read the books, too. So there you go, Kelsey. Thanks to the listeners. You're only
1: one bookmark behind Shane. The Handmaid's Tale is truly my favorite book. Of all time. And oh, it made me sweet. obsessed with Margaret Atwood. So I'm really glad that nobody messed that up for me. Thank yeah. you, shift hmm.
0: hmm. All right, my turn?
1: It yeah. is your turn. You, you get to all talk right. now.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, I feel better. Like, this game is going uh, much better than last week's game. I think, you know, last week's uh, game showy, you might have been cooking the books a little bit. So this feels a little better for me. I'm going to go with the category <laughs> of bestsellers. For two bookmarks, please,
3: Ryan. Okay, here we go. Here's your question, Shane. Which yes. book has sold more copies? The Da Vinci Code or Catcher in the Rye?
0: Da Vinci Code, because it was a, the movie thing. It got so much press.
3: Did get a lot of press. Catcher in the Rye is very famous, very infamous mm-hmm. book for being mm-hmm. so risque. Are you but trying to talk that... me out of my answer? No, no, you already answered it, and you oh. already answered correctly. It is The Da Vinci oh. Code. yes.
1: You were oh, trying to shit. convince him otherwise.
3: I am yeah, really just right. trying cooking, to get you a competitive. Cooking the books. Yeah, see. 80 million copies of that book. Catching the Rise uh, in the 50 million mark. 50 million. It's a lot. You get so paid it's a still a, lot. Of a book. Fascinating.
1: Yeah. Shane, it's not your time to talk anymore. Uh, we need to move this along so that I can come back. <laughs> oh, are you us. feeling stressed
0: for time? Sorry about that.
1: It's a little tight. It's a little tight. Oops. Oh, main characters, two bookmarks. Let's speed this up. Here we go. Okay. The Great
3: Gatsby It's one of the most famous books ever made. We had a, a guest on the show a, a few months ago talking about his book on the creation of this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know The Great Gatsby, but what's Gatsby's first name? Is it? Ray, John, Jay, or Michael?
1: Leonardo DiCaprio.
3: (laughs) Final answer.
1: I should have made that an option. (laughs) Leo. Leo. (laughs) I know this. It Mm. is James. Final answer. Well, that wasn't one of
3: not it wasn't technically an answer uh, that i offered though i said ray john j or michael
1: oh my god it wasn't <laughs> even steve enough. give me steve so robert i'm going to um, give you one answer. more go
3: at that, because that was <laughs> not name clearly listening it was close
1: it's it close to okay. a name wow okay i have i have to go with j then <laughs> i don't <know. laughs> Uh, That's a first. I disagree first. with all the options.
3: That is a first. <laughs> oh, God, I'm
0: dying over here. <laughs> dying. That was so funny.
3: Um oh. <laughs> the, the, incredibly somehow, the correct answer is J. A. Yes. J gatsby Yes. Knowledge. That is the correct answer. Um Yeah. Well done. You got there. <laughs> um oh my gosh there. your
1: face when i said a name that oh. was not an option you're like mm, that must have felt <laughs> nice for you <laughs> we a, Okay,
0: we have I, an interesting I'm
3: gonna, predicament here
0: i love how you got a second chance on your answer <laughs> but well done <laughs> um, uh, great okay um so i guess i gotta go we should probably be quick okay hey? yeah, um, please
1: yes. move it along
0: uh, let's go main characters titles bestsellers I'm probably gonna go I think bestsellers is probably just knowing I think more people know books than they know kind of the the people in them okay. so I'm gonna go bestsellers okay. for the bookmark
3: so if you get this wrong Kelsey could steal and tie the game but if you win yes. it you will she steal will. the deal
1: what mm. okay. is that all the time we have really
0: really
3: yeah well let's see like what we is would the have
0: best had more selling... time but you made up your own answers to the last question <laughs> <laughs>
3: question what is the best selling book series of all time harry potter lord of the rings perry mason or goosebumps
0: um not perry mason or goosebumps but i feel like it's going to be harry potter because that's ryan o'donnell but at the same time i think ryan o'donnell tried to throw us off last time and lord of the rings is pretty big but then uh what's her dingle there she's pretty rich uh, <laughs> what? Um, Don Coyote, <laughs> Don Coyote. Coyote. <laughs> um, yeah, um, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. It's got to be Harry Potter, it's got to be. Harry... Oh, I'm gonna be so embarrassed to tell you this is wrong.
3: I don't know the answer. I'm guessing you're a wizard, Harry. That's correct. Yes, it is Harry Potter. Knowledge. Oh, yay. Six hundred million copies worldwide. Six hundred million, okay, and the okay, first book okay. alone. Ask another question.
1: Ask another yeah. question. Who cares about? Who cares about the details? Right. Let's get another. Okay, question.
3: Okay, yeah, Kelsey, you can't win, but we'll we'll you, see if you can go on win. High high word. Well, right. Why Take not? The Let's two just do it. Final
1: ones. Sure, Kate. Okay. Quick, fast forward. Uh,
3: question. Okay, where are you going? Titles or uh, main characters for one?
1: But uh, titles. titles, titles. One bookmark. Okay, for plus two. I'm trying
3: not to sneeze. What novel is plus set? Two. On a desert planet inhabited by giant sandworms, is it? Oh come on! Stranger in a strange land, Dune, Leviathan, or do androids dream of
1: electric sheep? Star Wars. James, final answer. Um, (laughs) Don't know why. I no idea.
3: Uh... Again, I'll read the answer. Dune. Strangers in a Strange Land. See, this is why people say this is rigged again. Do androids (laughs) dream of electric sheep?
0: Sandworms. Sandworms. Dune. Dune.
3: Dune. Yes. Final answer. Dune, yes. Knowledge. Knowledge. Also, an amazing movie series with a new one coming out later this year.
1: Never heard of it.
3: you, You should watch it or read it. They're both amazing.
1: Probably won't, but thank you for the recommendation. Uh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> We're out of time. There we are. Three minutes ago. Congratulations <laughs> Sorry, to Shane for winning Game Showy. A very well read edition. Now make sure you stick around because Harry Potter's Wand is a part of our conversation with Reed Moon from Moon's Books here on the shift. Kelsey Campbell. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Always a <laughs> pleasure. Always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to get your pets spayed or neutered, especially if it's a donkey. Oats. <laughs> <laughs> donkey oats <laughs> was actually one of the texts. Donkey oats. Um. Uh, Thanks for being here. I appreciate that. That was uh, super fun. That's cool. I'm going to take one quick second here to just remind everybody that knowledge, let Shane get philosophical for a second. um, Don't uh, discredit your knowledge. Knowledge is like money. It is completely useless unless you share it. So make sure you do share your knowledge. Okay, friends? Because if it just stays in your head, it doesn't help anybody. Kelsey, thanks for being here.
1: So you just want everyone to walk around pentaficating
0: on yep. the street. Hey, guy, Absolutely.
1: I got, I got some knowledge to impart. Trust me, Listen the here. world would
0: be a better place. Yeah. We're really out of time. We got to go. <laughs> okay. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the shift podcast.
0: Make sure you subscribe, rate and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and curiouscast.ca.